The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. So today we're kicking off a brand new series. And the series we're kicking off is also connected to your mind. In fact, the series uh, that we're kicking off today, because, because we're counting down to Designer Life 2023. Who's excited about Designer Life? Amen. Amen. Man, it's going to be so awesome. Ladies, if you haven't bought your ticket yet, you, you want to make sure you take advantage of this, this special, okay? Because this year we're going to be celebrating 10 years. And 10 years is no small feat, okay? It's 10 years of celebrating the goodness of God. 10 years of celebrating how God, through His Word, is just transforming women's lives all over the world. And so as we're building up to Designer Life, it's so fitting that we call this series, Design Your Life with Your Words. Because church, I want to tell you that your words are also important. Not only can you change your life by changing your thinking, but you can also change your life by changing your words, right? What you say and what you believe work hand in hand. You know, these principles are connected they're not isolated. In fact, in this church, we call the working of these principles together, we call them the mind-mouth connection. Because what we believe is we believe that God designed the mind and the mouth to work together. And when we begin to use them together, we can begin to release spiritual forces that will forever change the entire trajectory of not only our own lives, but the lives of the people that the Lord has placed in our lives. Amen. So let's go quickly to the word. And we're going to go to Luke 64. We're going to read it in the King James Version. And in this scripture, we begin to see how, how that mind-mouth connection um, really works. We begin to see that mind-mouth connection in action. And the scripture says, it says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. And this scripture ends with a bang. It really does. It ends with such an outstanding conclusion. And the conclusion is simply this. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. And so the principle of the mind-mouth connection is simply this. Whatever you put in, in your heart, in large enough quantities, will find its way into what? Into your mouth. And so if you're filling your heart with possibilities, if you're filling up your heart in large enough quantities with I can, I will, God has created me to succeed, what will start to come out of your mouth is possibility, is I can, man, God wants me to succeed. So you may be sitting next to people, uh, next to you at work, you may even be working with people at work, same team, same job. And they may be saying, man, it's tough. They may even be saying to you, man, this is hard. You know, they may even be saying to you, 
When you've dared to reach out and apply for the biggest contract, the biggest tender that the banking sector has ever seen, they may even be saying to you, working in the same team. They may even say to you, being higher up in the food chain in the bank. They may even say to you, there is absolutely no way that a bank, our bank, could ever win the biggest uh, tender that the banking sector has ever seen in Africa. But you're saying something so completely different. You, you cannot agree with them. In fact, I could not agree with them. I was saying something completely different. I was saying, we can do this. And you know what? Do you know why I could say this? I wasn't forcing myself to say this. The reason why I could say this is because that is what was filling my heart. My heart was so filled with possibility. My heart was so filled we, with, we are going to win this. We are going to win this even though all the big major international banks are also pitching for the same deal. We are going to win it. My heart is so filled with we are going to win it. Guess what? My mouth became filled with we are going to win it. And guess what? We won it. I want uh, um, Jay to bring up, not only did we win as a bank the biggest de deal that the banking sector had ever seen across Africa, but also for me personally, the team that I led won the award, and this is what I have in my hand, for the biggest deal uh, the bank had that year. The biggest deal the bank had that year. And this, this trophy is a little bit heavy. But, uh, but I'm bringing it here today because I, I want to thank you guys. I want to thank those that stood with me and said I can. I want to thank those who, who were not speaking impossibility. I want to thank those that were speaking the same possibilities in my life. And I really want to, I'm putting this up on display because I want to say this happened in my life, it can happen in your life. This can absolutely happen in your lives if you will just dare to believe that the word of God is true. If you will just dare to believe that God is for you. Church, if you will just dare to believe that God is 100% committed to your success, not only to believe that, but to also begin to speak it. Amen. Amen. So thank you, guys. This is our trophy. This is our award. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Because the principle is out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. And so I want to show you another connection and here's the connection that i want to make because on the flip side whatever you put in your mouth in large enough quantities will find its way where into your heart it's this unending cycle this mind mouth connection and i want to show you why because romans 10 verse 17 begins to begins to tell us why we say these things we're saying the scripture says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so whatever takes place in your heart, it starts off in what you're hearing. And so in this specific passage of scripture, it's talking about faith. It's talking about faith is established in your heart if you hear and you hear and you keep on hearing the word of God. Now, if faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing, guess what else comes by hearing? And hearing and hearing. Fear. Fear comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. 
Worry comes by hearing and hearing and hearing, but not hearing the word of God, but by hearing the lies of the enemy. Amen. And so when it comes to hearing in your own life, one thing that we've discovered, one thing that we've, you know, we, 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 we know is true is that the number one sermon in this whole entire world that you truly believe, the number one sermon in this, in this universe that you are really, really, really hearing, that you're really, really, really listening to, is the one that you preach to yourself. Because when you're speaking to yourself, your heart is listening. Your heart is listening ready to receive man it's listening and it's saying amen preach it and so and so here's the thing when you're always speaking impossibility in your life when you're always preaching to yourself that it's impossible well guess what your heart is listening in fact, your heart is listening and it's saying, you're preaching good. It's listening and it's saying, amen, I believe, I receive impossibility in my life. On the flip side, that's the good news, is when you are constantly filling up your mouth with possibility, when you're constantly preaching to yourself a life of no limits, your heart is also listening. Your heart is also listening and it's saying, amen, this is the best sermon I've heard in my life. I believe I receive a life of no limits. And so church, we need to train our preacher, better known as our mouths, to begin to preach the right thing. And so that's what we're going to be doing in this series. We're going to be teaching you how to talk because your words absolutely matter. Let's go to Proverbs 18, verse 21. And we're going to read it um, again in the King James. We'll stay there. But what I want to do is, I, are we just laying a foundation today? We're laying a foundation because there are so many principles that we're going to be sharing with you um, this, this, this month. And I, I want to encourage you to keep attending because what you're going to learn is absolutely, it's radically going to change your life like these things radically changed my own life. And so this foundational scripture for this series is Proverbs 18 verse 21. And the scripture says, death and life are in the power of the government. No. Oh, okay. Let's try that again. Death and life are in the power of the medical fraternity. No. Okay. Oh, all right. It says what? It says death and life are in the power of the tongue. The tongue. And it says they that love it, in other words, they that love to talk, <laughs> shall eat the fruit thereof. <laughs> Amen. But let's think about it. You know, I don't know any two things on this earth that are as extreme as death and life. In my view, you're either dead or you're alive. I don't think you're half dead, half alive. You're dead or you're alive. But the scripture uh, points to a really powerful principle. And it says that as extreme as death is from life, the power to control both, the power to create both in your life is found where? In your tongue, on your mouth. And so every day when you're speaking, you can either speak death to your life or you can either be speaking life to your life. 
Now, when the scripture is talking about death here in this specific context, it's not talking about ceasing to exist. You know, it's not talking about, you know, not having any breath, uh, you know, that, that type of death. Well, when the Bible's talking death here, it's talking about every single thing that came into this earth as a result of the fall of man. It's talking about everything that came into this earth as a result of sin. And so by death, it's talking about things like fear. It's talking about worry, anxiety, sickness, poverty, lack. All of these things can be released into our lives. How? Through our tongues, by the words that we speak. And so, you know, again, as extreme as death is from life, we can drag things that are full of life. We can drag things that are thriving. We can drag a beautiful marriage made in heaven that's full of joy, full of love. We can drag it to the extremity of death, uh-uh, uh-oh, with our mouths. And when the Bible is speaking about life here, you know, it's speaking about the, that John 10, 10 life where Jesus said that he came so that we may have life and have it, what, in abundance. Now, that word life is the Greek word zoe. And that Greek word zoe simply means the God kind of life. It means nothing missing, nothing broken. And so how do we release this nothing missing, nothing broken life into our lives? Church, we do it with our mouths. We release this God kind of life into our lives through our words, through our tongue. And so again, as extreme as life is from death, we can literally drag things that are dying. We can drag things that, that are dead to the extremity of life through our words. Church, you can make dead things come to life with your words. And I'm seeing some people are like, what is she talking about now? I want to show you that. If you don't believe me, I want to show you something in Ezekiel 37. And for those of you taking down notes, I want you to take down this, please. There is absolutely nothing in this world so big, so impossible, so hopeless that it cannot be turned around by speaking life-giving words. So let's go to Ezekiel. And I'm just going to summarize quickly because I've got so much to cover and just never enough time. Um, but, but what was really happening here, the context is that God was giving Ezekiel a vision. And in this vision, God led Ezekiel to a valley. And the scripture says that this valley was full of bones. And not only was this valley full of bones, but the scripture is very intentional in the King James. It says these bones were very dry. And I, I believe the Lord, why, why these specific words were used is because the Lord was trying to paint a picture, not only in Ezekiel's mind, but also in our minds. He's trying to paint a picture, a situation of total hopelessness. He was trying to paint a picture by saying these bones were very dry. He was trying to show us that this situation was totally hopeless and totally full of death. And here's Ezekiel in this valley. And he's completely surrounded by impossibility. And in this situation, the Lord begins to ask him a question in Ezekiel 37 verse 3. And the Lord says to him, son of man, can these bones live? In essence, what God was asking Ezekiel is he was saying, son of man, 
Can dead people become living people? Son of man, can dead things come to life? Son of man, can dead finances become living? Son of man, can a dead business, a dead career come alive, become a thriving, prosperous, booming career? And Ezekiel answers, and he says, O Lord, thou knowest. <laughs> In other words, what Ezekiel was saying is he was saying, O Lord, only you know. Wrong answer, church. Wrong words. Because the Lord begins to speak to him again. And the Lord says to him, this time when he's speaking, the Lord starts to reveal to Ezekiel how he can begin to turn his, this situation around. And so the Lord says to him in verse 4, it says, again he said unto me, prophesy. Now the, in the NLT it says speak. That word prophesy means speak. So what the Lord was saying to Ezekiel is he says, speak unto these bones. And say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And so really what the Lord was telling Ezekiel is he was saying, telling Ezekiel, start speaking right. Start speaking life. You know, start speaking what the word of the Lord has to say over these bones, over this situation. And so let's see what God then tells Ezekiel to say over these bones. And I actually want us to flip and read this in the NLT because this King James English is, is kind of deep for me. So we're going to look at uh, Ezekiel 37 verse 5 in the NLT, proper English. Because what we're going to see here is we're going to see these words of life that the Lord was asking Ezekiel to begin to speak to this situation of death, impossibility, and hopelessness. And so the, the, uh, the scripture says, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And so in verse 7, Ezekiel says, So I spoke this message just as the Lord told me. And then listen to what happens. It says, Suddenly, as I spoke. In other words, as Ezekiel spoke these life-giving words over these dead, dry bones. What happens? There was a rattling noise all across the valley. Come on. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, mus muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover the bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then the Lord said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. And so in verse 9, it says, so I spoke. In other words, Ezekiel spoke the message as he was commanded of the Lord. And you know what happened? Breath came into their bodies. They all, in other words, that whole, those, all those bones which had now developed flesh, which had now developed like sinews, they said, they were covered in skin. It says these bones came to life. The impossible became the possible, church. It says they came to life and stood up on their feet. A great army. Man, Ezekiel was able to turn around a dead situation by speaking life to it. And some of you are probably saying, man, that's, that passed away in the Old Testament. I want to I show you another scripture because church, we can turn around the dead situations in our life by speaking the right words to that situation. So let's go quickly to John and we're going to read chapter 11 and we're going to read verses 43 to 44. 
And what was happening here is the story of Lazarus. Lazarus, had, had the, the scripture said he'd been dead for four days. I don't know a situation that's more impossible, more hopeless, and more dead than someone dead for four days. Okay? He conked out. He wasn't breathing. He was dead. But Jesus, in these scriptures that we're about to read, he knew the secret to turning around every dead situation in your life. And so verse 43, it says, Now when he had said these things, this is Jesus, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And the scripture says, And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Man, I wish I was there. Eh? I wish I was. I always, like, whenever I read the Bible, I always wish, I always wish I was a fly on the wall who could see. This, this was a miracle, church. The impossible became possible. The improbable became the pro improbable. Probable. <laughs> It's your turn to preach back at me. It's okay. It's all good. I have more turns than you. <laughs> and so if Jesus, if Jesus could cause a dead person to come alive by speaking life-giving words, well, church, I've got good news for you. You can do the same too, okay? Because you have the power in your mouth to turn around every single dead situation, every single dead bone in your life, if you will just speak life. If you will just speak life and continue speaking life. Why do I say that? Because death and life is in the power of your tongue. Amen. Why don't we practice? Someone say dead bones, dead bones. of relationships, of relationships. Come, alive come alive in Jesus' name. Someone say, dead bones of finances come alive in Jesus' name. Someone say, dead bones of business, dead bones of careers come alive in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And we're going to say this because this is something I feel is in this service needs to be said. And you're going to say it after me. Okay? And, and if, if, if it's you that I'm specifically talking to, you're going to say it even louder. Okay? So s someone say, dead eyesight come alive in Jesus' name. Someone here um, has a knee problem or has had a knee problem for a long time. Okay? And we're going we're gonna to speak life into that knee. Okay? So we're all going to say it, but if it's you, you're going to say it louder, okay? In fact, the Lord gave us a message in the first service saying dead hearing, and um, someone actually came up and said it was him. So I want to encourage you, if you've had a challenge with your knee, the Lord is speaking. He's shown me a knee. If you had a problem with your knee, your knee has been sore, painful, niggling, I don't know, you're going to say after me, dead knees come alive in Jesus' name. We're all going to say it together. Dead knees come alive in Jesus' name. Amen. So your words have power, church. They really do. We need to be speaking life each and every single day of our lives. Now, there's this nursery rhyme that they used to teach us as children. And I was saying to the first service, if you've got children in kids' church, 
you can be so comforted that we will not teach your children this dumb song, this dumb nursery rhyme, because it's really silly, okay? <laughs> but we, we used to repeat it because we didn't know better. And the nursery rhyme said this, it said, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, not according to Proverbs 18, verse 21. Words, words can kill you. Let's have a, a Proverbs 18, verse 21 in the message translation. Because you're going to see this truth. Some of you, again, you don't believe me. But Proverbs 18, verse 21 in the message translation, if I can have it up, it says, what does it say? Words kill. Mic drop. Words give life. They either poison or fruit. You choose. You get to choose. I see Uncle Charles wearing his Tuesday sweater. Because every Tuesday in our Tuesday messages, that's what we're trying to get you to see. That God has given each and every single one of us the power, the privilege, the right to choose. Church, you are not stuck in life. You can choose. You can make your own choices in life. And one of the things that you get to choose is you get to choose your words. And then you need to be choosing your words wisely. Church, you need to be, to be choosing words that work to your advantage and not to your disadvantage. Amen. 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 So in this whole series over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about the power of confession. Note I say confession. Um, we're not going to be talking about affirmation. We're not going to be talking about positive speaking. I like positive speaking, Pastor Henry. I think it's better than negative speaking. So positive speaking is good. It absolutely has its place. But God has given us something that's more, more powerful. And that, 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 that tool, for lack of a better word, is confession. So what is confession, you're probably asking. Well, confession comes from the Greek word homologeo. And homo logeo can be split up into two words. Homo, which means the same, and logeo, which means the word of God. And so when you put them together, when you're confessing the word of God, what you're doing is you're saying the same thing that God is saying. Amen. And what makes confession so powerful is that when we say what God is saying over our lives, over our families, over our businesses, over our marriages, over our careers, when we begin to say what God is saying, we can expect those things to come to pass in our lives. Why? Because in Jeremiah 1 verse 12, God says that he watches over his word to perform it. God is watching over his word coming out of your mouth to make sure that he fulfills it in your lives. Man, this is so good. When you begin to take the word of God and you begin to put it in your mouth, you can rest assured that that word is going to come to pass. Why? Because God's word never fails. God's word never fails. You know, in the book of Isaiah 55, chapter 55, it says God's word never returns to him void. In other words, God's word never returns to him without accomplishing the exact thing that he sent it to accomplish. Man, church, when you begin to say what God is saying, you are destined for success because you've got heaven's backing. And so this thrills me so much because if I'm not happy with my life, I don't have to come up with some clever 10-step methodology to living the designer life. And I don't have to come up with some 10-step methodology of living the life of my dreams. All I simply need to do, all you simply need to do is get in the Word and put it in your mouth 
over and over and over and over again. It's, it's really that simple, church. But, but here's the thing. Many Christians in life are defeated. They're living defeated lives. Why? Because not only are they believing the wrong things, but they're also speaking the wrong things. They're speaking uh, the words of the enemy. They're speaking words of defeat. You know, they're speaking words of lack that they may be experiencing and seeing around them. They're speaking words of sickness that they may be experiencing uh, inside of them, in their bodies, instead of elevating their experiences, instead of elevating their circumstances, their situations to the level of God's word. How? By saying what God is saying. Man, we need to be saying what God is saying because our words absolutely matter. We've got to learn how to talk, church. Not as just some once-off goosebump moment in church, but as a way of life. As a lifestyle, we've got to learn how to talk. Matthew 12, another scripture. We're going to be throwing scriptures at you. Write them down. Search them out. Put them in your heart. Put them in your mouth. But Matthew 12, verse 37 says this. It says, for by your words, thou shalt be justified. In other words, by your own words, your own words, not the words of the president, not even our words as your pastors, but by your own words, the scripture says you can be justified. Now, I, uh, we have lots of lawyers in this church. Thank you, Jesus. And I think our building is coming soon, right? Because we're going to need lots of, lots of lawyers. But we have lots of lawyers. Huh? Oh, is it? Oh, you might get in trouble. Oh, yeah, if you get in trouble. Yeah, we got lots of lawyers. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. And so I asked one of the uh, lawyers, because justify is not really a word we use uh, every day. It's a legal term. I asked one of the lawyers, what does the word justify mean? And they said to me, it means acquitted. I'm like, okay. What, uh, like, uh? like, what does acquitted mean in non-lawyer speak? And the person said to me, oh, it's so simple. It means set free. I'm like, why didn't you tell me that at the beginning? But anyway, so putting it all together in the verse... <laughs> the scripture is telling us that with your own words, with your own words, church, you can be set free. Set free from what? You're probably asking. Well, with your own words, you can be set free from whatever is holding you back from being a success in life. With your own words, you can be set free from whatever is keeping you from manifesting the promises of God in your own life. And the scripture also goes on and says, it says, by all your own words, you will be condemned. Now that word condemned is a, is a term they use in building, in, in, in construction. And when they condemn a building, what they're saying is that the building is, uh, is being declared unfit for use. And so putting it all together with your own words, church, you yourself can declare yourself unfit for use in the kingdom of God. While God is saying in his word, he has qualified you. While God is saying in his word, he's made you fit, he's made you well able to be used in the kingdom, with our own words, with our own mouths, we can begin to disqualify ourselves from the things that God has for us. You know, church, this was the story of my life. You know, in 2014, the Lord started to speak to my heart about His calling for my life and my place in ministry. started speaking to my heart and revealing to me that He had called me to function as a pastor in the body of Christ. And not only was He speaking to my heart, but He also started speaking to me through other people. And I remember, it must have been 2014, because PT was preaching in San Diego. 
And after he had preached like a wow sermon, a, a really uh, older lady came up to him and she just started speaking into his life. She just started speaking into our lives as a couple. But in, in that, she had this specific word that she began to speak over my life. And I don't know this lady. We never met her. After that, we never met her again. We didn't know this woman. She didn't know us. So, and I don't know what, why she did this, but for some reason, she, she might have thought maybe he'd forget to tell me. Or she might have thought maybe if he told me, I might not have received it. But what she did was she went and asked for his email address. And she wrote down and emailed us that prophetic word over my life, word by word. And when I saw this email, and I ma matched it really to what the Lord had been speaking to my heart, I knew that it was God speaking, that God was speaking. But here is where I was in life. I was so full of insecurities, church. And because I was so full of insecurities about this call of God that he had on my life in ministry, um, I found out that the reason why I was that way is because my mouth was so full of excuses to not do the things that God wanted me to do. Man, I was so full of excuses, church. I, I remember I'd, I'd be telling uh, the Lord, man, I can't, you know, I, I'm, I, I, can't, I can't do this. I'm not qualified to do this, Lord. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd be telling the Lord, you know, I didn't even grow up in church, Lord. How, like, what business do I have pastoring people? I can't do this, Lord. I, mean, I, I had so many excuses. I remember saying to the Lord, pastoring? I mean, I've n we don't have any pastors. We don't have any ministry leaders in my family. I don't have any live example that I can see or that I can learn from to do the things that you're calling me to do. Man, I was so full of excuses. One of the excuses that I gave the Lord is, Lord, I can't do this. Don't you know, I can't even pray in public. And that's the reality. I'm sharing my heart with you here. The reality is I was scared of praying in public. And I'd go to such great lengths, such great extremes to not pray in public. I remember, you know, it was life group. Those days we used to meet in, the, in our homes. And life group is 7 to 8 p.m. And every life group at about 5 to minutes to 8, Mashi, they start asking for prayer requests, right? People give prayer requests. Then every time they say, oh, who wants to pray? Well, because I didn't want to pray, I had a plan. And the plan I had is not going to, you know, please, I don't encourage this. I really don't encourage this at all, eh? I really don't. So please don't say, the pastor said I must do this, you know? This is a plan I did. This is my disclaimer. Do not do this at home. <laughs> so what I did, because I didn't want to pray, five, five minutes to eight, I pinched the baby. I can't even say that out loud, right? Oh, oh man, oh man. I pinched the baby, guys. And then I pinched the baby. The baby started fussing. I pinched her a little bit. wasn't that sore. It was a little, little, little. You know, a little bit on her little toe there, you know. And then she started fussing. And she started crying or whatever. And then I was like, oh, guys, I'm so sorry. I can't. Hey, I'll see you later. And then I'd conveniently come back <laughs> when life group was over. <laughs> Man, that's where I was. That's where I was those years, okay? And one day, I'm in the Word, and I come across upon a scripture that just changed my life forever. And the scripture was Philippians 4, verse 13, and I want to read it in the Amplified, because this scripture, this scripture changed my life, and I think it's going to change your life too, amen? Because here I was, year after year, I was disqualifying myself from the things that God wanted me to do. And so the scripture I stumbled upon was um, 
this. It said this. Can I have it in the Amplified? Original Amplified. Original Amplified, if you've got it. Because it's, it's the one that I, um, that I had. But it amplified something so loudly in my heart. And I just knew this was God speaking to me. Okay, they don't have it. Uh, please write it in the AMP, right? Not the, the original, not the classic. But the original Amplified, cla- uh, amplified says this. It says, I can do all things. And then in brackets it says, which he has called me to do. Through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. Man, the day that I saw this scripture, I finally understood. I finally, finally understood that God doesn't call the qualified. I finally understood that God qualifies the called. And when God calls you, you know, when God calls you to do something, when God calls you to begin to step into your assignment, when God calls you to begin to step out of your comfort zone, when God calls you to begin to make steps towards what Pastor T uh, taught last week, your place called there, not only will he, in fact, he's already equipped you. He's already equipped you, and he and he alone will prepare you to be effective, not in your assignment, but in his assignment for your life. And so when I found out what God was saying over my life, over my calling, I began to start changing what I was saying over my own life, over my calling. And I decided to start saying what God was saying. And so back to exhibit A, life group. Five to eight. They start asking, anyone got prayer requests? Everyone puts in their prayer requests. Then they start asking, they must have been so surprised that I was still sitting there and the baby hadn't been pinched. And they looked at me and they're like, Tipo, can you pray? And I said, yes, I can. Because I can do all things that God has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. And so I, I kept filling my word with my mouth with the word of God. And, and because I kept doing that, there came a time when the Lord started to speak again to my heart. And he began to say to me, Chipo, it's time. It's time to start speaking to the women at Designer Life. But here's where I was, church. In 2013, we'd started Designer Life. We're celebrating 10 years, right? 2013, we'd started Designer Life. Man, the Lord had given us this really uh, grand vision of, of transforming women's lives with the practical word of God. And for years, I've been saying to the Lord, I can't. For the years, I've been disqualifying myself, you know, from speaking to the women because I've been saying to the Lord, I'm not qualified to speak into women's lives. I'm not qualified. Don't you know? They're going to know that I only became born again in my 20s. Lord, don't you know? I only got to know Jesus much later in my adult life. I'm not qualified. But because I discovered these truths in the Word of God, and I'd been filling my mouth with what the Lord said I could do, what I could have, and what I could, I could, be, what I could be, in 2017, 2017, I decided to say yes. I decided to say, yes, Lord, I can do all things that you have called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. 
And I don't share these things much. I just don't, you know. It's very uncomfortable. And I actually had more exciting things that I wanted to share. But as I was preparing for this message, I really felt in my heart, you know, that this was a testimony. This message was something that the Lord wanted someone here to hear. You know, some of you, and quite a lot of you, the Lord has also been speaking to your hearts. He's been speaking to your hearts. He's also been speaking to you through other people. And man, he's been speaking big vision. The Lord's been speaking big achievements. The Lord has been speaking about big rooms that you're meant to be in. He's been talking about big tables that you're meant to sit at. The Lord's been talking about big doors that you, you are meant to walk through. And like I did so many years ago, you're looking at yourself, you're looking at your background, you're looking at your history. <laughs> you know, in this service, I believe someone's looking at their age. Not, not because they're young, but because they're feeling like the Lord is calling me to do this at this age. Don't you know, Lord? How can I have a big vision when I'm old? And so with your own mouths, you're disqualifying yourself from the very things that God has created you to be. And I want to say this morning, stop disqualifying yourself with the words. Stop it. Stop. Stop. Because the truth of the matter is that Jesus has qualified you. Jesus has qualified you. You are qualified. Not only are you qualified, but you're also equipped. Not only are you equipped, but you're also anointed. You are anointed to do every single thing that God has called you to do. You are anointed to be every single thing that God has called you to be. And you are anointed to have every single thing that God wants you to have. So start saying what God is saying over your life. And never, never, never stop, church. Never, never, never stop. Amen. Because your words are powerful. Your words are powerful. And as I close, I want to leave you with this. If you want to change your life, you need to start changing your words. Amen? Jesus um, speaking in Mark 11, um, verse 23, he ends with such a profound statement. And this is the statement that I want to end off today with. He says to his disciples, and he's saying to you and me today, he says, you will have whatever you say. You will have whatever you say. Church, you can have whatever you say. And so my question to you this morning, my question to you today is what are you saying? What are you saying? Because whatever you are saying, you're going to see. Whatever you're saying, you're going to have in your life. You know, many Christians have not made this connection between what they're saying and what they're seeing. And, and the good news is that's what we're going we're gonna to start showing you that connection. We're going to start showing you that there is this connection between your words and what you're seeing with your physical eyes. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand up on, our, on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, I, I had no idea for many years that there was this connection again, between what I was saying and what I was seeing. Um, especially when I started my career in investment banking, I started off as an analyst. And uh, if you all know, analyst is like the bottom of the bottom rung. It's the lowest point of this ladder that you're climbing. And, and for two years, I absolutely hated it. 
And for two long years, my daily confession over that job was that my job sucked. My daily confession over that job was that there were no opportunities for me because of my gender. There were no opportunities for me because of my uh, years of experience. There were no opportunities for me uh, because of my background. And you know what? For two very long years, that job literally sucked the very life out of me. And you know what? Because I'd been confessing for two very long years that there were no opportunities that existed for me, there were absolutely no opportunities that existed for me. They existed for other people. Other people were getting promoted. Other people were going to other teams. Other people were moving, going to other countries, doing other things. Other people were going and joining other companies and doing stuff that they really loved. But none of this I was seeing in my life. And I thank God that I got a hold of this revelation. That if I was not happy with what I was seeing in my life, I needed to change what I was saying. So I got into the Word of God. I got into the Word of God and I found out what the Lord was saying about my work, about my career, about my life. And when I found out those scriptures, I wrote them down and I started speaking them over my life again and again. And I'll be honest with you, and this is what's going to happen to many of you. You know, you're going to start getting into the Word of God. You're going to start putting the Word of God in your mouth and things are going to challenge you. In this instance, my mind started challenging me. As I'm confessing the word of the Lord over my job, my mind started saying, are you kidding me? My mind started saying, this job sucks. You're lying. No way. We've been saying for two years that this job sucks. And now you want us to change your mind? No way. <laughs> Things are going to challenge you. Other people in your life may even challenge you. But this is what you need to do when you're being challenged to stop saying anything contrary to the word of God. Uh, Hebrews 4 verse 14 says this. It says we are to hold fast our confession of faith. Man, we are meant to keep on saying the word of God and just keep it said. Once we said the word of God over our lives, we keep on saying it. We keep on saying it. We keep on saying it until we see it. Amen. And so I want to encourage you this morning. I really do. I want to encourage you to start getting into the Word. It starts today. Get into the Word. If you're not happy about whatever it is in your life, maybe you're not happy about your job, maybe you're not happy about your career, maybe you're not happy about your marriage, whatever it is, get into the Word of God. Because the Word of God has a word for every single thing that you need solutions to. It has answers to every single thing that you need solutions to. Get in the Word and put it in your mouth. Amen? Come on, someone say, I choose life. Someone says, I choose to release life into my days. Someone say, I'm created to succeed. Someone say, I'm destined to win. Someone say, I am equipped to overcome. Someone say, I am designed for maximum impact. Someone say this, and you're going to say this really loud. Jesus has qualified me. Therefore, I am qualified to prosper. I am qualified to succeed. I am qualified to be victorious. And this one is going to shock your minds. But man, you've got to speak this over your life because this is what you're qualified to do. Someone say, I am qualified to change the world. Come on, why don't we give Jesus a big shout of praise. Amen. 
Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you for your word. Lord, we want to thank you that we are exactly who you have called us to be. We can have exactly what you say in your word we can have and we can do exactly what it says in your word we can do. Father, today marks a day, a brand new day, a brand new beginning where we stop disqualifying ourselves from the things that you have for us, where we stop disqualifying ourselves from the things that you want us to do and the things that you want us to be. Lord, we thank you that today we make a choice. We make a choice to speak the word and to speak the word only. We make a choice to speak life. We make a choice even right now to speak into every situation of impossibility, every situation of death, every situation of hopelessness. We speak life right now in the name of Jesus. We speak life into bodies right now in Jesus' name. We speak life into backs, sore backs right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus. We speak life to organs. We speak life to nerves. We speak lives to cells. And we say, uh, broken, dead cells, dead nerves, you function. You work in the perfection that God created you to function. And we refuse any more malfunction in our bodies. In the name of Jesus, we speak life into businesses. We speak life into businesses that have plateaued and we speak life into businesses that are uh, a negative trending. We say no more. We say no more. We say leveling up. We say higher level. We speak a turning around of negativity and we speak a going up. We're going up in the name of Jesus. We speak to careers that are stagnating. We speak to careers where you like feel like you're stuck at the same level. No more. We speak life. We speak promotion. We speak favor. We say favor surrounds us as with a shield. We speak going to the next level in Jesus' name. We speak to dead finances right now. We say dead finances, you come alive in the name of Jesus. Right now, right now in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We thank you for doing it. In Jesus' name we prayed. And we, all we hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.